0: Well, welcome back to another solo cast edition of Not Your Mother's Podcast. Now, the reason I'm doing this, um, I have uh, several more podcasts that we're ready to broadcast, we're ready to put out. I'm just going to throw an intro on, do a little bit of editing, but there's so much going on. There's so many stories that are breaking right now uh, when it comes to abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. And I've gotten, look, I gotta say I'm super, super grateful for every single one of you that sent me a message, whether I've answered you or not. I apologize if I haven't, I promise you I'll get to it. But anytime something's breaking inside of that world of those of us that are survivors and have found our way out, and nothing against anyone who hasn't, um, but there's so much noise around those things when they happen that I get just an influx of messages for which I'm, I'm not bragging, but I'm very grateful that you guys want uh, this involvement, you want to make sure I'm aware, and I, I'm certain that you want me to cover this and talk about it, and it's not, I don't think it's because anyone necessarily wants to hear my opinion or that I'm a big deal at all, I just think we need to have this conversation, and not everyone's ready to put up a video that is going to polarize some people, that's going to make some people mad, that's going to lose some friends, that you know, whatever the case may be, it's going to have some negative repercussions and I get that. And so, and I'm not saying every single person that sends me some a link or something to look at hasn't already posted. A lot of you have, and I'm not condemning you if you haven't. But I just want to say that I feel that is support for the podcast, and I'm super, super grateful for it. Now Your Mother's podcast was designed for me to talk about things that are important to me, uh, and uh, this is very important to me. There are other things that are important uh, that I'd like to talk about, whether it be marketing or mixed martial arts and uh, and on and on it goes. But, again, uh, I do have other podcasts that are ready to go. My apologies to my guests, um, John and Becca, and maybe one or two more, because uh, we have some, wait, two Johns. We got John Keister, John Bannister, and Becca Stone. So, uh, never fear, we are gonna put out your episodes, um, but this is something that's happening right now, and I've gotten a lot of feedback about it, so I wanna talk about it. And it's not just one thing. Today we're gonna go over, and I know there's more than three, but today we're gonna go over three different things three different stories that are breaking inside the IFB. We're going to talk about the key players who are involved. I'm going to read you testimonies, uh, as I like to call them, or reports, as you may call them, from victims. And uh, we're, going to talk, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about that. And, and we're going to talk, uh, if I can make the time towards the end here, or maybe somewhere in the middle, I want to talk about how does this even happen? Because the things that are happening are, of course, they're horrific and atrocious and all kinds of other adjectives for just the most awful, vile kinds of things you can think of. But uh, the thing that a lot of people from the outside looking in, or people on the inside that don't want to believe it, a lot of what I hear is, well, that just, you know, that's just so terrible how can that even be true or why would you how could you let that have that's really true and it really happened to you why would you let it happen and why wouldn't you tell anyone and I know we've already covered this but we're gonna cover it again whether it's today or another day but why would you wait so long or why are you just coming forward now so I want to get into those conversations and I understand they're one-sided it's just me talking to my camera over here but I want to to uh, to to what's the word I'm looking for that I can't find I want us to have I want to foster more conversations, I want you to interact with me, send me a message or just comment on the podcast or comment on my personal page. I want us to have these conversations because these are very helpful for victims who have yet to come forward, for victims who have already come forward, for people who don't know their victims yet, and the list goes on and on, but these conversations where every once in a while get someone that's kind of dissenting and, and, and has that... Uh, that thought process of well why did you wait so long or how could it even be true or how do you even know if it was 20 years ago I want to have those conversations I don't like it when people leave comments like that or when people want to confront me about that but I like having those conversations and I like it for this reason there are a lot of people who may not be able to comment or may not want to comment or may not want to jump in with their their profile picture and their name attached to a comment but they'll send me a private message or they're at least watching From a distance and those of you that are fighting this along with me and and uh, you know coming out and telling our stories or whatever the case may be when it comes to how you're presenting these facts and you're getting feedback negative and positive when you get that negative feedback I want to beg you don't let it discourage you and don't let it overtake you don't let it be something that dominates your day take some time for yourself go go for a run go to the gym spend time with your kids don't let it dominate you but don't be afraid to push back and tell people, this is you know this is true. This is really happening. And yes, right now, for a lot of people and in most of these instances, all you have are accusations. But I'm telling you right now, if someone's bringing an accusation against an IFB leader, and an IFB leader needs to take up and run to another state, or an IFB leader won't directly address exactly what happened and how he or she, usually he, is innocent, that's guilt. That's an admission of guilt. It may not be in a court of law, okay, I understand that, but that's absolutely an admission of guilt. So, to get back to what I was saying a moment ago, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, because everyone that sends a story, everyone that wants to tell me their, their personal stories, everyone that's um, sent me a link to a YouTube video or an article on uh, Patheos, I think is how you say it, or the Washington Post, and they're on there, uh, Chicago Tribune, everyone that sent me something For not your mother's podcast or just for me to look at thank you from the bottom of my heart that really encourages me it lets me know that uh, there's a lot of support out there for this for us for this movement and I'm happy to be a part of the movement I'm happy to I'm thrilled I'm not happy to hear about how awful people have been treated especially little girls Uh, I'm not happy to to know that you women and in some cases men have to And I don't mean to diminish the men because I know there are men out there that have gone through this as well in the IFB. But um, I'm not happy to hear that you're having to relive all that trauma from your past. I'm sorry. That's terrible. That's awful. But I am thrilled to be a part of, of, of helping you tell your story, of helping you put out there the truth, of helping you... Um, If I can in any way shape or form helping you heal helping you find uh, some relief helping you find some closure and uh, Helping you and talking to the authorities I have done it and I'll continue to do it when information comes to me I'm not betraying anyone's trust But when information comes to me and and it's something that I'm familiar with the victim and we have a relationship And it's okay. It's a standard thing for me to talk to the authorities about what's going on I'm gonna do it and I have so anyways All that to say, thank you all so much for your continued support, for every link you sent, for every comment you left, for every time you wanted to butt in because, man, I'm just so burnt up about this, I can't stand that this guy's getting away with this, whatever it is, however you're helping this movement, thank you. I'm super grateful. So before I get into today's stories, excuse me, we're going to look at three different stories, like I said earlier that are breaking, some of them have been breaking for a month or two. Uh, well, in reality, they've all been breaking for years, right? Because since it's happened, it's been going on. But some of them have only been breaking in the news the last couple months. Uh, one of them started uh, three or four years ago. Um, and then one just, it started three or four years ago, but just came to light uh, over the, in the last week. And I've talked to the victim's sister, uh, had lengthy conversations and um, they're very happy for me to present this information to you. So first, so we're looking at three different locations. Uh, the first one uh, is going to be in Mesa, Arizona, uh, and I'll get into all the details of the who's who of that. I do not have victim stories from that yet, but those will be incoming cause this has been this bus driver has been molesting children for 20 years. So I know more stories are coming forward. Um, then the next one is, uh, is out east. It's a Chicago Tribune article, and I actually do, I'm sorry, yeah, it's North Carolina, um, and I do have uh, victim stories from that as well. And then the last one, of course, is um, the more recent development uh, with Cameron Giovanelli, the video that he posted, which um, his new um, employer, Greg Neal, also posted and then took down, and then after um, a video that I, not this one, <laughs> and after a video that I posted, um, a public post that I put up, with his video, kind of giving a little more insight or my opinions on it, um, that's now amassed, I think close to 2,000 views, but it was around 1,000 on um, Saturday morning and then Um, Cameron took it down, and I have no doubt. I'm not saying it's because of me, but it's because of you guys, those of you that contributed and are pushing this and letting people know this isn't right. And all the comments that you guys left, very, very helpful to the victim, of course, and also helpful to the case and letting people know that this is going on and that it's not okay. You can't just stand up and say, look, these accusations are false, and I'm going to have my wife stand next to me and just nod her head the whole time. It's all very, very strange, very weird, and um, we're going to talk about it. We're absolutely going to talk about that. So I'll go Mesa, North Carolina, and then uh, talking about my good friend Sarah Jackson uh, and then what's going on with Cameron Giovanelli, uh, who is now in Jacksonville, Florida. The guy's moved a lot lately. All right, so we're going to start in Mesa, Arizona. I'm going to, I just want to read you something real quick. Yes, I'm going to have the computer out again. Uh, yes, I'm going to be reading to you again, but I don't think I'll be doing that to you for longer than three or four minutes at a time. So bear with me, but these are stories that... Some of you, I'd like for you, if you've already shared the story, these stories with me, please listen as I read through them and kind of give a little bit of commentary to it. Uh, and if you don't know these stories, by all means, please don't skip ahead. I want you to to listen to these stories, and um, and they're they're not good. Uh, the stories themselves don't give a lot of details. The victims' stories do. And it's, again, this podcast is very, I'm not going to be cursing on this episode, but I would still call this a very PG-13 episode just because of the content, the nature of the content that I'm going to be sharing with you. And I'm realizing right now that I'm talking really fast. Let me have some more uh, whiskey here. That's probably going to help. It's slow on down. Give me a second. That'll do. So I just want to read you a bio from the Valley Baptist Church with a Heart. It's not very original, guys. Um, out of uh, Mesa Arizona and then I'm just gonna I want to read you the bio of their pastor first to kind of give you an idea and if you just go to Valley Baptist org couldn't afford it.com, I guess um, if you just go to that page you'll get a p- picture of their pastor and look we all want the white picket fence don't we uh, and these IFB people really work hard at making that um, their image that's how they look that's how they sound that's how they appear and uh, that's not what they are so Valley Baptist Church, our pastor, picture of the family, uh, they all look, you know, they look great. They look happy. Um, Pastor Kevin Cowling was born on February, Kevin Cowling, just want to make sure you heard that, was born on February 21st, 1968 to his parents, Dr. and Mrs. Pete Cowling. He was saved as a five-year-old boy. Oh, there's an extra picture there. They're missing. You guys need to update your website. He attended and graduated from Hiles Anderson College with a Bachelor's of Science degree in Pastoral Theology in 1990, and a Master's degree in 92. Nice, he got a Master's. From 1990 to 1997, he worked as assistant pastor of, as assistant to the president, sorry, of Hiles Anderson College in June of 1997. Pastor Calling was called to be our pastor here at Valley Baptist Church. Since then, Pastor Calling has led our church to greater horizons, reaching thousands for Christ, transforming lives for God, starting new outreach ministries, and growing, to an and growing to an average attendance of 600, serving the people of our community. I understand that I'm getting really preachy reading this. Sorry, it's the rhetoric, and it makes me do that. Pastor Calling has been blessed to be able to preach in many pulpits across the country. In churches, colleges, revivals, camps, and schools. Wow, I sound like a pastor again. This is terrible. I'm almost done. pastor was married to his wife, Dawn, on August 2nd, 1991. They have four children, Ashley, Trent, Trevor, and Trey. And I feel for all of them. All right, so that is the pastor of Valley Baptist Church in Mesa, Arizona. The church with a heart. Now I'm going to read you a story from the, from the news, NBC News, uh, NBC Channel 12 in Mesa. Uh, possibly, uh, it is Arizona. It might be Phoenix. It's Phoenix or Mesa. Uh, but NBC 12 News, I'm going to read you a story about one of Kevin Cowling's staff members. Now, they're calling him a volunteer in this report, and that's very important for that church. That helps give them less guilt and less blame. I, hope, I think you understand that, but um, he's a staff member okay and he's taking they've interviewed uh, they interviewed people uh, they didn't interview anyone from the church which I'm sure they couldn't get a comment but they interviewed his neighbor and his neighbor said and you can find the story uh, message me um, if you want to see the whole story I'll send it I'll send it to you but um, they interviewed his neighbor and his neighbor said he was very very involved with the church and he was always taking teenagers and young people on trips Uh, he's a bus driver not unlike a fellow that some of us know by the name of Sal Greco. Really, the guy looks looks and sounds a lot like the same person. All right, so I'm going to read this to you. Again, if you've got kids and you're playing this in the background, I hope you're listening to me and you pause it right here. This is just stuff that they shouldn't hear. I, I don't remember exactly how explicit this is, but please don't let them hear this. Uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't want this for them. Um, Church bus driver admits to molesting girls over 20-year period. Court documents revealed that Richard Donnelly, or Brother Donnelly, as he was known, laughed as he told investigators the most recent victim had the same name as one of the girls he molested 20 years ago and looked very similar. He said she reminded him of her. These are just the headline, and then I'll get into the whole story, but I've talked to someone who's close to this case, and they said that, you know, people are trying to justify his actions by, you know, well, it's a nervous laugh, or it's, you know, trying to find justification for him laughing. Look, and me and the victim... uh, victim's uh, friend talked about this there's no justification okay you're talking about molesting children you can't you can't have a nervous laugh or any kind of if it's a tick I don't I don't care man it doesn't go I got a kid I, I <laughs> mm-hmm you, you can't you just can't so Mesa, Arizona, a Valley man is facing molestation and sexual abuse charges after he admitted, according to court documents, to touching a 9-year-old girl last week and molesting two other girls younger than 10 years old 20 years ago. According to MCSO, the most recent incident took place on June 30th at the victim's residence in Mesa. A 9-year-old girl reported being touched on her genital area by a person she knew as Brother Donnelly. MCSO later identified the subject as Richard Donnelly, a volunteer bus driver for a local church. I don't know who Kevin's got running PR, but they're doing a damn good job. Oops, said I wouldn't cuss. They're doing a very good job, okay? They've kept the church's name so far out of the article, and they've made the guy a volunteer. Again, I don't applaud them for doing a good job. I'm very mad at them, but they're working really hard to keep the name of their church and their pastor, Kevin Calling, Valley Baptist Church. Out of the news. Court paperwork shows Donnelly initially denied touching the victim but later admitted doing so. He wrote an apology letter to the victim by the way that's a classic move from someone that we all know that we supported for prepaid legal services for a long time so just sit on that you'll you'll figure out who it is. He wrote an apology letter where he also admitted touching her on her breast and between the legs. Donnelly was again interviewed by detectives on Tuesday July 3rd where he admitted to touching the victim for his Sexual gratification, court documents said. According to the court paperwork, when asked about any other victims, Donnelly admitted to molesting two girls younger than 10 years old several times on multiple occasions about 20 years ago. If you're not burning up inside, you're not a human being. Court docs revealed Donnelly laughed. Excuse me. As he told investigators, the most recent victim had the same name as one of the girls from 20 years ago and looked very similar excuse me, he said she reminded him of her. Investigators obtained a a police report from 1995 which accused Donnelly of similar acts of child molestation, he was not charged. I think that's the most telling part of this article. MCSO is looking for other possible victims in relation to Donnelly. Again, I want to repeat something for you so you know exactly who this is. I understand, you know, I don't have the victims' names, and I don't know if I'd put them out there if I did, especially the more recent victims. Um, but Valley Baptist Church in Mesa, Arizona, and Pastor Kevin Calling are all omitted. They're not added to that news article. Now, I'm not saying there aren't other articles out there where he's not named and that church isn't named. That may very well be the case, but right now, this is the only article I was able to find. So just just put those together. I'm not saying that Kevin Cowling did the deed, but he was in charge, and he let this guy continue. And I don't know. It does say here in uh, the church bio that Kevin uh, didn't get there till '97, I believe. Uh, let me look at that one more time. Yeah, in June of '97. So that would have been two years after the accusations happened with this bus driver. And the bus driver driver may not have been there at that time. But it is your job as 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 Look, you can call a pastor what you want to call a pastor. The guy's the CEO of the church. Okay, There's especially in the IFB, he's absolutely he's better than the CEO. He's the I don't know the 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 founder and whatever. Like he's the top dog of the church. Yes, I get deacon boards and all that jazz. What he says goes. Okay, so at your job as the head of the church is absolutely to vet people that are carting around your children and your teenagers. On a weekly if not more than once a week basis and again like I said the 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 neighbor uh, had said and you can see the article for yourself and she's interviewed in person on video the neighbor said he was he was consistently involved with his church and he was always telling them how he was taking children on activities so you know as the pastor you there's there's blame that does fall on you for that Kevin um, there's absolutely blame that falls on you for letting this man do that to those children And you can't just tell me he's been doing this for 20 years, and you're only telling me about three little girls Mm-hmm. It's way more than that. It's way more than that. So that's the first story we have and I don't have uh, details as far as um, um, As far as like testimonies from these women now women and then the girls but i'm sure more more things are going to come forward i'm absolutely positive more victims are going to come forward and let me talk to that real quick i know i'll talk to it again but look if you know a victim and and they haven't come forward look i or you are a victim and you haven't come forward look we we get it we get it i really get it i'm I'm not a victim of these types of things, and I'm not trying to distance myself from that because I'm involved with a lot of people who are, and I love them dearly, and I do everything I can in my power to help them. But here's the thing, if you are a victim, coming out of that, I understand, is a painful process. I don't understand from personal experience. I would never say that. But I do understand from from family members and from very close friends who have come out about these sorts of things, it's painful. And I know all the reasons why it's painful, but look, we're here for you and we want to help you and even if and because in many cases I know and if you're a victim you know you don't even have family that are going to help you because they're still involved in the cult. We get that. There's a literal support network of people that stand ready to help you at a moment's notice. We are just and it's not just me. It's a lot of women because I understand you some of you may not be comfortable talking to a man or if you're a man you would be or if you're a woman you would be as well. I don't know what how you would feel about that but if you are a victim we understand how hard it is just it's not just me there are actual victims that also want to talk to you and understand how difficult this is to come forward with this information whether you're a child a teenager an adult whatever age you are wherever you are on that spectrum of age we get it and we know how difficult it is and we want to help you and look we're We're the last people in the world that are going to say, look, get over it. You're going to be fine. Stop being a, what do they call them, a snowflake or a crybaby. That's no, 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 no. That's not where we're at 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 all. Where we're at is we want to help you. We want to help you tell your story if you're ready. If you're not ready but you just want to share with someone, reach out to the podcast. Reach out to me. Reach out to my mother. If you know who I am, there's a good chance you know who my mother is. Reach out to any one of those three people or entities, and we will. if you're not comfortable talking to us, we'll connect you with someone that, that you will be comfortable talking with. But if you have a story to tell them, by the way, let me call back to months ago when I posted a video, I think late in 2017, and asked many of you for your stories. Your stories have not fallen by the wayside. They're in a dock. I'm ready to share them. I am trying to cover what's going on right now because we want to continue our momentum. But rest assured, your stories are going to be shared, and I can't wait for people to hear. Um, Again, it's not fun or or even funny for the most part, sordid details. And it's not that I can't wait for people to hear how bad it is, but I can't wait for people to understand that this stuff happened in the past. There's a lot of power for those of you that are willing to come forward, and we're not stopping. We're going to keep telling these stories until people start listening and prosecutors start doing their job and police chiefs and sheriff's departments start doing their job and people are brought to justice and locked up and whatever else needs to be done to them is done to them. So that's our first story out of Mesa, Arizona Uh, and that story is about the church pastored by Kevin Cowling, the Valley Baptist Church with a Heart in Mesa, Arizona. I just want to make sure. To get that name out there and solidified along with this story because that is absolutely who's associated with this so moving on the next story uh, comes from a, uh, a close friend of mine um, his wife shared this information with me and I I do have permission to share names but at this point I'm not looking to do that all I want you to do is hear the story what's going on and then I'm going to give you a few different um, testimonies from people that were affected by this man at this church in North Carolina. Give me a moment while chug on this. And this is a more, this story started, of course, when he perpetrated his act of criminality, but the victim just has been telling her story for a year or two, a few years possibly now, um, one of the victims, and now there are more victims coming forward and, and the church can't hide it anymore. And, um, it's, it's the best of times and the worst of times to be a victim for these people because they're having to relive all this trauma. They're having to deal with people giving pushback for them telling their story. They're having to deal with people telling them, you know, how could this be true? And we, I went through all those, those things earlier, but um, it's also the best of times because they're able to freely tell their story and they're able to understand that there's people like me and a lot of you out there that want to support them and want to help them throughout this process. So give me a moment and I'm gonna have another drink. we're going to talk about this church. So, man accused of child sex offenses at North Carolina Church. This is from the Chicago Tribune. Okay, I'm not pulling this from some dinky website, some .org. Um, Let's make sure that's .dot .com. It is ChicagoTribune.com. A North Carolina sheriff's office has accused a man of committing multiple child sex offenses at the church where he was a Sunday school teacher give me a moment i need to swipe over to see what the name of that church is because i do have that down this is firstborn baptist church one more time that's firstborn baptist church and gateway christian school firstborn baptist church and gateway christian school i just it frustrates me how and again i may read further and see the names but it frustrates me that often these are left out and look if you um, I know I've got people on my friends list that, that do the news for a living, for lack of a better term. Well, there's not a lack. You know what it is. Your media, whatever you, you may call yourselves, but um, it does frustrate me that it is missing in a lot of these reports. I'm looking through this one now and it does show Firstborn Baptist Church, so that's good, but it does frustrate me often that they want to oh, local area church or whatever. Like, no, it's this exact church. Okay. The Johnson County Sheriff's Office told news outlets multiple charges were filed against 34-year-old Jonathan Young of Benson, including first-degree rape of a child and indecent liberties with a child. WRAL-TV in Raleigh reports Young was was a Sunday school teacher at Firstborn Baptist Church in Benson. Sheriff's Office Captain Jeff Caldwell said the the offenses were first reported in 2014. I want to pause just for a moment. I want to talk to those of you out there that have been victimized, and I want you to know that it does take time. Don't let that discourage you. Please, I beg you, don't let that discourage you from coming forward. I'm not saying every single victim has been victimized a long, long time ago, but most of these stories are from victims. uh, Now, this was brought forward in 2014, but it happened a long time before that. So a lot of the victims that we're seeing come forward now what happened with them happened quite some time ago. So, uh, the last thing that I would want to do is berate you for waiting as long as you have. You have your reasons. You absolutely have your reasons, and you absolutely have your right to wait as long as you need to until you can, and this isn't a dig at you, but until your mental capacity is at the place where you say, okay, I am mentally ready for this. And to be honest, from not my personal experience, but dealing with a lot of friends that have come forward with these sorts of things, sometimes you just never will be mentally or emotionally prepared for it. That's what we're here for. We're here to bolster you and help you through this process. So when I read this and I say 2014 a victim came forward and now it's 2018 that something's being done or late 2017, I get how that's very disparaging. But here's something that you should know and I do believe this article covers it or I will cover it in the statements from some of the victims. Um, the reason it took that long is because we only had one victim that came forward. Even if the statute of limitations is up in the state where you're at, even if you know you're going to face a lot of persecution, even if you know that you're going to lose some friends from this, I'm telling you when you come forward and you name your perpetrator's name, that gives power to a lot of people. But to me, my opinion, most importantly, it gives a lot of power to who? The other victims that are out there. If you were victimized, you know good and well, it's not just you. And I'm not belittling what happened to you, I'm just saying there is, in my opinion, a 99999999 percent chance that there are more victims, it's not just you. And again, not belittling what happened to you, just saying there's more people that wanna stand with you and tell their story, they're just waiting for you to tell your story. They're just waiting for you, and they don't know they're waiting for you, right? They just know that um, they're know that they not the only ones, but they don't really wanna be the one to just, just Probably how you feel too. I know I'm not the only one, but man, I don't want to be the first one that comes out about this. It's embarrassing, or uh, and it is. I'm not. I'm not diminishing that, but it's difficult. I'm not saying it's not difficult. That you'll never hear me say that, but I just want to encourage those of you that are victims, that are on the cusp of saying something, or have never really thought about it, but know what's know what happened to you, and just feel like people won't believe me. We will believe you. I promise you, we will believe you. And it's not just me. I know I'm just one guy on a podcast talking to himself, basically, here in his house. But, um, uh, studio, my podcast studio. But I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of us that will believe you, and we want to hear your story, and we want to share it, and we want to spread it. So I'll continue with this. Um, but go back, so first report in 2010, but go back years. One victim who is now 19 told investigators she was assaulted between the age of 7 and 15. Uh, Caldwell said an investigation is continuing. And by the way, I want to say something. Um, uh, this will be a quick break. But uh, what we're used to, especially in IFP culture, is a big blow up, right? Like, man, did you hear about so and so? And then they're restored in the Lord, right? They're they're um, you know you know they fell and they had a moment of weakness and they sinned. but you know God's restored them. And by the way, they never get carted off to prison. Then never gets taken to the authorities, or or the the victim is just so. Um, pounded with they're just assaulted with all kinds of terrible things that they give up for for, rightfully so They give up and they say look I told my story I don't want anything to do this anymore. They move away They do whatever they got to do to get away from this and then the man the woman whoever continues perpetrating these crimes I know we're used to that being the status quo rest assured in all three of these cases We're in touch with the proper parties and that is not what's going on Please know that these investigations are ongoing these people are going to be brought to justice, and in a couple cases, they're behind bars right now. We're going to continue. We're going to keep moving forward, and we're going to we're going to bring these guys to justice. And some of them already have been, and some of them it's just a process, and we're getting there. Anyways, um, Young is jailed on a one million dollar bond. It is not known if he has an attorney, and that's the end of that story. I know that was that I made that one a lot longer than it had to be. A drink. We're going to speak to um, a few a few other things in um, the case with Sarah Jackson and Cameron Giovanelli. And so if if you're familiar with me, if you're friends with me, uh, you possibly saw recently that I shared uh, a video on my Facebook page. I downloaded a video that Cameron posted a few days ago. I downloaded it for a reason, and we all know why now, especially, it has been deleted. We knew it would get deleted, but now for sure it is deleted. Um, Greg Neal posted it, his new, his new boss. And um, uh, Cameron posted it. And it's a video of him of course, it's a video of him saying, leading with, hey, the allegations are false, which is really, that's going to hurt him in court. He's headed for court, by the way. Whether you, whether he wants to hear it or not, he's going to hear some of this podcast, I guarantee you. Um, he's headed for court. Uh, so for those of you, if there's any I can't imagine, well, we had a couple, Scott Nutter and a couple other people. If there's any of you that are big supporters of the IFB uh, and you're checking out this podcast, you know... The guy's headed for court, and he's not the only one. And he will be behind bars. It's it's a matter of time. And I'm not... I know a lot of the social media, right? A lot of us like to brag and posture and all that. I get it. That's not what I'm doing, guys. The guy's headed for court, and he's going to get there, and he's going to end up behind bars. He's going to be where Jack cop is. Well, not entirely. Possibly. No, I don't I don't know. We'll see how what his crimes end up. But Jack's in the federal pen, is what I'm saying. And this guy will be in state. But... At any rate, we're gonna talk through, what I wanna do is read back to you Sarah Jackson's story. I've been in touch with Sarah and we've talked about all this uh, previously, not not me putting this on the podcast necessarily, but her story and I've shared it. So um, we're gonna talk through her story one more time and then we're gonna show you the most recent video from Cameron Giovanelli. Now, if you wanna see the video Fairly unedited. I did flip it so that the subjects are in different places. I wanted his wife to be front and center, and I did try to colorize it a little bit because it was it was uploaded from a I think it was taken either uploaded with a place with bad signal or taken on a phone that just didn't have good signal. Either way, or good looking um, for a good camera. Um, but uh, we are going I'm gonna share that with you. If you want to see a fairly unedited version, it's on my personal Facebook. Uh, and if you have difficulty at all navigating, just message the podcast, so I'll get that to you. Um, and then, uh, but what I'm gonna share with you right now is a highly edited version, and again, it's not taking anything out, it's only adding two. So the version I'm, version? The version I'm about to share with you, I'm gonna pause it at a couple points, and I say that in the video as well, but I'm gonna pause it at a couple points just to draw your attention to facial expressions, to uh, Um, to body language and just do a couple other things when it comes to vocal modulation things of that nature inside the video this is only I think it's a two or three minute video it's a very brief video but there's so much that's happening inside those those few moments of the video that man it just it boggles the mind everything to me everything that I see going on now look this is this whole podcast a lot of you not a lot of you but a lot of people could quite possibly uh, narrow it down to what would be referred to as an opinion piece. Okay, and I get that I get that This is my opinion. It is shared by a lot of people though. Okay, so understand that but also My thoughts on this video. I'm going to share with you. I keep pointing here. It's not here <laughs> My thoughts I'm gonna put on the screen for you uh, But my thoughts on the video are just that they're my thoughts um, again. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a uh, I'm not a criminologist. Um I've dealt with a lot of things in those arenas, but I'm not I'm not certified or licensed there. So if you want to debate me and argue with me and however you want to do it, that's fine. And I've had I've had people on my Facebook that have debated and argued about things when it comes to pedophiles a lot lately. Um, but when it comes to his wife, I completely understand uh, those of you that are looking at her and thinking, man, like she is going through it and she's the victim here. And I don't I do not dispute you on that. You're not going to catch me disputing you. But I will tell you this. Excuse me. I'm close with Sarah, I'm close with her family, I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to uh, think that. Um, and the things that this woman, that have been shared with me, that this woman has said about that family, and I understand why she's saying them. This is self-preservation, this is fight or flight, and they surely flew. But I understand her reasoning for the awful things she said about Sarah and what Sarah said about her husband. I get it, but when there are other victims that are verified, when there are our police reports, when there are investigators. At some point you got to stop posturing, stop defending the guilty and just say, look, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. And I understand that with between Stockholm Syndrome, which seems to be very apparent here, I can't say that, again, I'm not a doctor, between the the, the the very apparent possibility of Stockholm Syndrome and surely the way she's been treated much of her life, I don't know when she got into the IFB, but I'm sure at a young age, but the way she's been treated much of her life as a young adult and absolutely as this man's wife, she is 100% conditioned to just go along and do what she's supposed to do. I agree with that fully. Please understand that I absolutely agree with that. She's conditioned to do what she's told to do and she's been beaten down over the over the years, whether that's physically or emotionally, or however, all the, all the above, I don't know. But this woman is absolutely, whether it's physically as well as emotionally, it is definitely emotionally a battered person and I understand the sympathy for her. I really do. I, I promise you that. But again, and I also understand that she doesn't have, and this isn't a dig at her, it's just the truth. It's the way women are conditioned in this cult. She doesn't have the resources to say, look buddy, I'm out. While she could do that, and that is a possibility for her, when she looks at the behemoth of a task that that's gonna be for her, that's, there's daunting and then there's that. Like that is really, really difficult. I know women that have done it. It's. It's not impossible, but it absolutely looks that way to you. So all that to say, I, I, do, I, I do have difficulty sympathizing with her, but again, and, and that's, not, I, that's just me, okay? Please understand that. So for those of you that can sympathize with her and do feel like, man, she's just going through it and this Stockholm Syndrome is just, it's apparent, and look, I, I get it. I get where you're coming from, I get where you're at. I wanna make that very, very apparent, very clear, but I also have to say that I have difficulty finding sympathy for her because I've talked to a lot of women that have escaped these situations, escaped their husbands, and it hasn't been easy or really even good for them for most of that journey, but it's been what they knew they needed to do. And this woman, you look at the look on her face, she knows this is not legit. She knows, I don't know if she knows she needs to get out, but I hope she knows that somewhere in her mind. Okay, at any rate, I'm gonna show you the video, but first, I'm gonna have a drink of this. And then, I'm gonna read you Sarah Jackson's story one more time. So, as I've shared this video of Cameron a few times, I've had quite a few people let me know that they don't, they are not familiar with the original story um, and its origin and what what exactly did this, what did this guy do, right? Like, what, what's going on here? So, I want to read you Sarah Jackson's story. Sarah Jackson says, "I have overcome a lot in my 28 years. I have been through things that make me sick to my stomach, and I have come out stronger." There's always been one thing that uh, that I wasn't allowed to deal with. I've held on to one thing in my past that happened to me 12 years ago that I have searched and searched for a way to let go of. Why now? Well, now I'm a mother. I will do whatever I can in my power to not allow something to happen to my son that happened to me as a 16-year-old girl. So this is my story, and with this, I let it go. I was raised in a way where you respect your elders and your leaders. Your pastor in the Baptist faith is pretty much right under God. That's very true, or he is God in many cases. You trust him with everything. You go to him for guidance, advice, and wisdom. He is someone you can you can sorry, um, you can count on when your parents aren't around, right? Someone you, as a child, idolize for lack of a better word. There isn't a better word. That's absolutely what we do. I did too. At 16 I was forced to grow up too quickly when I was put in a position no 16 year old girl should ever be put in. Things were taken from me, I will never be able to get back. When those things were taken from me that should not have been taken until marriage, I think you guys understand, I was left with don't tell anyone, we take this to the grave, Cameron Giovanelli, my pastor, abused his power and leadership into creating a physical and emotional relationship with a 16-year-old girl that carried on her entire senior year of high school. I have kept quiet for 12 years because I am not a spiteful person. This kills me to type, as she's typing it out, I cared about him, but I also cared for my innocence, which was ripped from me by someone I was supposed to trust. But. As a 28-year-old mother to a perfect little boy asleep up in his crib, I will do whatever I have to to bring awareness so this never happens to another child. I have worked through a lot in my past, and this is the last thing I need to let go of to fully move forward. It was not okay, it is still not okay, and it will never be okay. Listen to your children. Watch for signs. Withdrawn, depressed, distance, and get to the bottom of the cause. Always be a listening ear and an open door for them to run to. I am so grateful for the support from my parents, husband, family, and friends that have been there for me these past few years as I've searched for a way to let go of this. And with that, I move forward with my life and my family. And as I'm reading this, I realize that I have neglected um, to read some of the testimonies from victims uh, from uh, Mr. Jonathan Young, who is now incarcerated um, there in North Carolina. So we will get to those shortly, but now I'm going to show you, we'll put here on the screen for you, the video of Cameron Giovanelli uh, proclaiming his innocence, uh, having his wife stand next to him. I'm going to break down again, my opinion, but I'm going to break down what I see in the video. Feel free to add what you see. And of course, if you have a dissenting opinion that's different than mine, I get it. These are opinions. Um, but people are going to be locked up for this stuff. So please pay close attention. Tell me what you think. Um, and again, this video—the next three or four minutes at the most—will uh, be taken up with eh, maybe five. I will be taken up with this video, but I'd like you now. You know Sarah's story. She's talking about Cameron. She named him here, and I'm going to show you the video of him. Uh, and the progression of this was—I I should mention that as well. I'll be brief, but the progression of this was: um, she, 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 and her—the uh, the former pastor or the, the current pastor of the church where this formerly happened reached out to North Valley Baptist Church, uh, Golden State Baptist College, Jack Treber, I know I'm over-enunciating, but it's for a reason, um, and the ministries there, which I point is just not far down the road for me, um, and uh, they reached out to those ministries there and got no response, and basically forced their hand. They were trying to uh, and I don't fault them for it. But they were just trying. They were trying to handle it amongst themselves, amongst the churches, and um, eventually, because Treiber wouldn't respond, and when Treiber did respond, it was you can see it. If you need to, if you need to see what he said, let me know. Private message myself. Private message Stuart Hardy on Facebook or. Um, uh, not your mother's podcast and we'll get you a video clip of, of uh treber he's right here of uh, his statement um uh, in regards to cameron giovanelli and what had happened and sarah jackson and all that but his statement wasn't remotely sufficient and sarah went to the authorities uh to pursue legal action and within days cameron uh well at, before she pursued legal action to my knowledge Um, he was let go and they said it a different way, but he was let go from, from the church there. And Cameron even says it a different way in the video, but he got fired. Like that's what happened. Um, and he got let go from that church, that school, I'm sorry, he was working for the college, I believe, Golden State Baptist College. And then now he's more recently relocated to Jacksonville, Florida to work with Greg Neal. And we will talk about Greg Neal as well. And the things that he's guilty of also. When it comes to sexual misconduct but without further ado here's the video and my breakdown kind of in the midst of it i pause a few sections just to kind of give you an idea of what, what my thinking is and how things are going in the video so here's my breakdown of cameron Giovanelli's refute refutation refusal whatever it is but like this is cameron saying i didn't do it hello folks Obvi- this is the first of several freeze frames you'll see in this video I want you to pay close attention to the female subject's facial expressions, that's why I've done this. So, on the next few, you're going to hear heartbeats and you're going to see some arrows pointing. Please pay close attention.
1: I'm Cameron Giminelli, it's my wife Sarah, and, and uh, I just wanted to come to you by way of this video. Number one to see Back this clip up just a
0: little bit, you'll see that someone behind the camera is telling her to smile. That's extremely unnatural. Let's
1: continue.
0: In breaking down this video, I realized I'd need to pause this a few times, but please pay close attention, especially to Cameron's hands. You're going to notice him using a lot of hand motions, and I know a lot of us like to talk with our hands, but in a statement like this, this is absolutely a method of deflection.
1: Are not true. They're false. That being said, I do want you to know because I think some are wondering what's going on in our life. I, I resigned from Golden State Baptist College, not for any other reason. Back that up real quick. Listen to him say, not for any other reason,
0: one more time. This is a vocal modulation tactic that many IFB pastors use. To make themselves more believable, to draw you into the conversation, and it's
1: something that you'll hear a lot more of throughout this video. Then to take away any confusion, anything that might cause uh, people to have to uh, alter decisions because they were wondering about the college. We wanted the college to be able to move on. Golden State Baptist College. College is an incredible place to train for the ministry. Pastor Treber is leading that ministry full steam ahead with a vision until eternity. It's it's amazing, an amazing ministry, and we didn't leave with anger. We didn't leave out of frustration. We left with with hurt because we love those students and we love Pastor Treber. We love North Valley Baptist Church. Yet. Those situations sometimes detour us and they take us down a different path. Our focus is still on Christ and we're excited to see what God's doing. Not always excited the way he does it, but with these false allegations, God has now brought us to Jacksonville, Florida. I mean, who would have ever thought? Jacksonville, Florida, where we have the opportunity to serve alongside of uh, Pastor Greg Neal. And His family and his church and we're excited. We're getting ready to go into missions conference We're excited to see what God's doing here. I just wanted you to know that God is still on the throne We still trust him. We're still soul winning. We sit in church. We absolutely love church. I mean, we're still amening We're still smiling. Our marriage is good And we're just excited to see what God is doing our kids you're doing fine, and can I tell you the cause of Christ? It's wonderful. We're contending for the faith. There's always going to be different obstacles, but I do want to say, on behalf of my wife and I and our children, to the students of Golden State who will watch this, stay in the fight, serve God all the days of your life, keep your eyes focused on Him. We fight against the devil. We're not fighting against people. We're serving the King of Kings. And as He alters our course, and as He re, maybe, uh, re-alters our path, we trust Him. Why? We trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways, we acknowledge Him. And here's His promise. He shall direct our path. And that's what He's doing for us. And when there's great days ahead for you. There's great days ahead for us. And may I say to you on this Independence Day, happy 4th of July from the Giovanellis. But I also wanted to just let you know that we're doing fine and God's blessing and we're staying in the fight. And we can't wait to see what God has in store for our future and for yours. Thank you.
0: All right, so that is my breakdown of what's really going on here in Cameron Giovanelli's statement, what he's saying, and more importantly, how he's acting and how his wife is reacting to what he's saying. And again, make what you will of it, dispute me on everything, that's fine, Uh, but everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I did talk to, uh, I did put this on my Facebook page, and I also talked to uh, people that have degrees in criminology, people who work in the justice system, and people who have degrees in psychology, and we were all very surprised, or at least intrigued, by Sarah, his wife's reactions. Uh, the contempt that we saw in her face, whether that be contempt for Cameron, for the victim, for the situation itself, for the IFB. I can't say what it's contempt for. I have my ideas, which I'll share with you later. But that—that that is the face that I'm seeing over and over. So what I did was, obviously I slowed a few things down here. I spoke to my opinions on it. Again, please understand, I was an assistant pastor in the same exact cult that he was in for a couple of years, and I grew up in it, and I'm steeped in it, and I was taught it my whole life. Everything he's doing, from vocal modulation to his you know, weaving the scripture into the end to make it more, I don't know, biblical? But I know what I'm talking about is what I'm trying to say. Now, to say that people are gonna disagree with me is an understatement, and that's fine. In fact, I have good friends that don't feel the same way that I do about his wife, Sarah. And I understand that, I get that, but I did put this on my personal Facebook page because I wanted people to take a look at his wife and how she's responding. Like I said, I see a lot of contempt there. I'm not saying that I'm the end all be all and that it that's all it could be is contempt. But to say that there's no contempt, I think is an impossibility. So again, this is my opinion, that's all this ever is. But I want us to all have a voice collectively and be able to talk about this and shoot my ideas down all you want. That's great, especially if, if it's something where I feel like we're on the same team and when we want justice for the victims. You know, I, I don't have a problem with anything you say. Now, if you're on team justice for the perpetrator, then we're gonna have some problems. Okay, I'm getting off track. The next thing that I'm gonna show you, which some of you aren't gonna like, and I get that, because I don't really like it either, having to, to post it, but it really plays well. It's an interview uh, with a man that you're all going to know, and it's an interview that points out a lot of the same facial expressions and body language that we just saw. Listen, I'm not trying to get political. This is a political figure that's making his statement about sexual indiscretion, so you probably already know who it is. but. I understand if you wanna engage in political discourse and this opens that up for you, more power to you. I will be doing that, but it is a striking similarity between what we just watched from Cameron and what we're about to watch. So check it out and let me know what you think.
1: But I wanna say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm gonna say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. Thank you. say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman miss Lewinsky I never told anybody to lie not a single time never these allegations are false and I need to go back to work for the American people thank you
0: so like I said I'm sure some of you may or may not appreciate that clip of old Slick Willy we put in there, but uh, I think just because of the public platform on which that occurred so many years ago and the fact that it's kind of a landmark case for what we're dealing with here, um, I thought it was important to include that. So if you found that distasteful, I understand. If you really liked it or if you hated it, I understand that too. But I just wanted to put that in there for context. Um, and I, I there's so much to say about the video. Uh, I'll probably say it in the comments section, I don't know. I've said a lot about my personal Facebook profile already, but there's just so much to say um, that I, I can't say a lot more than I've already said, uh, just because I feel like it's gonna be redundant, but but it, it's, it's indicative of exactly how this all happens, how it all goes down. This is the man of God, and this is his wife standing next to him, and this is exactly how this plays out she doesn't say a word she doesn't do anything yes there are those of you i'm sure that are like look this guy just watched too many episodes of lie to me and he's just way too worried about people's vocal tics and and the way their lips turn one way or the other and you're not wrong i've watched a lot, of, uh watched a lot of lie to me i enjoyed that show but really like compare the two clips and tell me you don't see a lot of similarities with the way he shifts his body the way Bill purses his lips, the way Sarah purses her lips. I think they're very, very similar. So, again, feel free to disagree with me. I get it, but I just wanted to share that with you. Kind of contrast the two and let you know that I personally see a lot of similarities. But again, like I said in the clip, uh, you know, the vocal modulation. Happy Fourth of July from the Giovanelli's. Like, what is that? Like, when do you... It's kind of like... It's in my opinion to try to make it a little bit humorous, which maybe I shouldn't. It's kind of like if you were talking to someone that announces ball games or something, and that's how they normally talk, or if that's how Bruce Buffer normally talked, you know, in the kitchen. I don't even know how to make an example. It's time for scrambled eggs. You know, I don't know, but like if if people who are announcers and stuff like that, that's how this this video this is him. Um, This is him refuting these claims. This is him saying, I'm a man of God, I'm right, what I did was right, I'm justified, I didn't do anything wrong. If you really want to appeal to your people, which he doesn't care, clearly, because he's right no matter what he says, but if you really want to appeal to a broader spectrum of people, don't put on your preacher voice, don't put on your Nike t-shirt, sit down inside with your wife, let your wife speak too. And there will be people, well, she could have if she wanted to, or she made her own video, whatever, I don't care. That's, what is it, three minutes? Three minutes, two seconds? Like, there's no reason for her not to say anything. And it's not that she needed to defend him, but if she's not gonna say anything, then guess what? She's non essential to this video, really. She isn't essential to this video if she's not saying a word. I'm not bashing her, I'm just saying. Why else have her in here, okay? So, there's just, I, I don't know, I don't know. There's so many things, I know I'm frustrated, but there's so many things to say about this video uh, and I'll get, I'll, I'll go on for another three or four hours. Some of you may appreciate that. Some of you may not, but I'm not going to do it. But I'm just saying there's so much to say about this video and there's so much that's wrong with it. Um, if, if you really want to sit down and have this kind of heart to heart kind of thing with a video, don't put on your preacher voice. Don't stand on your tippy toes for any portion of the video. Um, don't have your wife just sit there and mimic you. Like be real about it. And people, let's be honest. There's a reason he can't be real about it. And we know why he's guilty it, i'll say it i've said it before and a lot of people have said it as well he's guilty it's just a matter of time so that's the video a lot of us have been talking about and sharing and and, and it has been deleted greg neal um posted it um of course Cameron posted it as well and they've both deleted it uh within the last 24 hours hey, maybe a little bit more than that but within the last two days and last 48 hours it's been deleted, uh, but luckily we've downloaded it. Uh, we have friends who have downloaded it, so it's not going away anytime soon. Um, and unlike other videos that people have pulled down from the internet after, you know, they made their accusations after they said, what well, they had to say, we're not going anywhere. Um, this stays up because this is important. This is a movement and we're making noise and we're letting people know that we're going to be listened to mostly by law enforcement. So. Um, now I want to go into, uh, I do want to say more about Cameron, I probably will in the follow-up here, but I want to go into just briefly talking about Greg Neal. I've got a news article on him that we need to talk about. So um, Cameron went from California to, wait, I did that wrong. Cameron from California to Florida, to Jacksonville, Florida. He's relocated to, I believe the name of the church, and I'll need to double-check, is Berean Baptist. Um, I've got friends who live in Florida who are familiar with the church, and um it's interesting it's interesting guys so great Neil I'm gonna read you about him this is his new pastor in fact they're putting on a conference um, so if you remember the last episode we talked about who do we talk about Alan Domely and Bob Gray senior both of those guys are going to this conference at Greg Neal's church in the fall or in a few months which is the fall isn't it interesting that they both came out this is very interesting I'm actually as I'm saying this I'm just putting connecting this It's interesting to me that not only are they going to this conference in the fall, they also, before this, I don't know if it was before this conference was announced, but surely before it was announced to the public that Cameron was going to Jacksonville via this video that was posted this week, um, or last week, it, it was definitely, these guys already agreed to go to this conference. There's a video on Alan Donnelly's Twitter, um, Bob Gray is tweeting about it as well. You know, we got 100 free hotel rooms for you, most likely with hookers inside them. And that's just how it goes, unless you're bringing your wife, or if your wife's fine with it. But uh, I know I'm trying to bring levity. It's not working. I get it. Um, the, the conference, though, it's interesting that he's going to be at that church for that conference. He talks about a missions conference in the video. I don't know if that's the one and the same. But it's just interesting that these guys came out to defend Cameron, and now they're also going to a conference where he's suddenly all of a sudden on staff. So I found that very intriguing. All right, let me read to you about Greg Neal of Berean Baptist Church. Um, So and this is an older article, and and again, the statute of limitations is covering this guy. I don't know anyone, Uh, I know, you know, I haven't talked to anyone in in specific about the statute of limitations, but it's something that I come across so often with these things that it's become very, very frustrating for me to hear that phrase anymore unless it's something that's been thrown out. So, while investigators, uh, so there is a video, there's a videotape, this is all videotapes, which is, I love the age of technology. Um, Let me just read uh, a little bit here. Along comes the story of Greg Neal, who apparently thinks it's a swell. Again, this is from Stuff Fundies, like so they have their own their own spin on it, and they're right. Thinks it's a swell idea to shoot hidden video of women changing their clothes. While well, investigators said the tape does not show Neal handling the camera before and after, two women are seen undressing in an area where they had reasonable expectation of privacy. By the way, it was his office. The Excuse me, the state's ability to prosecute a case of video voyeurism expired one year after the offense. How handy is that? While the evidence of his crimes of voyeurism in 2001 is overwhelming, unfortunately, the state, the statute of limitations has expired. Assistant State Attorney James Callow wrote. Sorry, Cola wrote. Consequently, there is no way to legally pursue prosecution for these acts. This is not unlike what happened with Jack Hiles in the 90s and... The affairs that he absolutely had with staff members that sat in choir across from Beverly Hiles, by the way, um, this is not unlike that, where it was something that people brought up and then it got squashed, and then they paid enough money to get it moved so that no one was talking about it anymore, and now he's still the pastor. Now he's the pastor. What is that? Detectives say the VHS tape was discovered in 2002 when church em- pro- when, when church employee Brent Bartlett, the name I know was viewing a group of tapes of basketball games he said he was given to by Neal. The secretly recorded tape was included with the basketball tapes. The report said Bartlett took the tape to Neil's father, Tom, and the senior pastor of the church, Tom Neal, and he was told the matter would be dealt with in the appropriate manner. Investigators were told that both Gregory Neal and Tom Neal denied to the victims and to the church members that the videotape ever existed both neils refused several attempts to be interviewed by investigators or provide statements they continue to be co-pastors of the church I, it just it's crazy isn't it guys it's just it's crazy i, I look i don't care here's the thing like i said before uh, i was i was an assistant pastor for a little while myself in all of these instances in cameron's instance specifically if something like that is brought against you my good good friend Josh Owens made a great statement on the post that I put up a couple days ago. If these accusations are brought against you and they're not true, I'm not saying it's gonna be fun or easy, but man wait it out. Don't run literally across, way, across the, I way, across the country because they're not true. These accusations aren't true so I'm gonna, I'm going to resign. He got fired. There's just no two ways about that. I'm gonna resign and go across the country to a different church where that pastor is a hundred percent guilty of of videotaping women getting changed in his office I'm sorry I there's not much more besides confessing your guilt there's not much more you could do to prove to me that you're guilty than that exact thing and then to speak to Greg and Tom like come on guys if I'm an assistant pastor and I'm accused of something like that and I won't answer uh, reports I won't answer and, and I won't answer investigators because I know I don't have to um, if I won't, not unlike Jack Scott did, when people would reach out to him, he would just berate them and use the Bible to say why women shouldn't have, have jobs, bullshit kind of stuff. Look, if that is not, if, I, if I'm accused of that and it's not true, I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to stick it out and let people, and it's not going to be fun and then people are going to get mad and I might even get fired, but I will stay the course and say, I didn't do this. I'm not going to run across the country. And by the way, (laughs) if I did do it, how on earth could I expect to continue being the pastor of the church and the women that I did this to? Are you kidding me? That's just nuts. No, this is not the whiskey kicking in. It's just crazy, people. It is unreal that these men are still pastors of churches where they've done these things to their church members. What is that? That is just unreal. But again, I'm going to get into it briefly here, but that is how it works in these cults, in IFB and other cults that are similar to it. I need whiskey to simmer me down. Um, that's how it works. These men are not, they portray themselves as the man of God, right? You've heard that before. They're not the man of God. And for a lot of other reasons, they're not. They are God. Think about it. Only God could get away with something like that. And God shouldn't, if there is a God, God shouldn't be getting away with that kind of shit. Uh, Sorry, it's hard hard not to curse about this stuff. God shouldn't be getting away with that. And these men of God absolutely need to be held accountable and be be carted off to jail for these acts. But guess what, it's not gonna happen. Not to these guys, so they think. But we're here, we're starting a movement. The movement's been started, I didn't start it. It's been going on a long time, and it's a matter of time before these guys are brought to justice. I won't say a whole lot about it, but I will say uh, one of Kyle's descend one of Jack Howell's descendants at one point, if you wonder who it was, message me. One of Jack Hyle's descendants at one point was also on staff at Berean Baptist Church with Greg Neal. Take a guess as to do that one, let's go for it. Anyways. So, we're going to get into a couple more things, um, but that is that is the whole situation with Cameron right now. I just want to give you guys an update, and like I said before, we're used to a big hullabaloo, as they say, and all this noise, and Manny's going to be prosecuting all that, and then it kind of dies down, and simmers out, and then nothing. That's not what's going on here. I want you guys to make noise. Talk about it. Talk about Cameron. Talk about Greg Neal. Talk about what kind of terrible people these are. I'm... <laughs> I'm this close to heading down to Florida for that conference. I'm so close to doing it. I'm dead serious. If someone wants to fund that trip, I'm there. Let me know. If you want to fund that trip for me, you let me know. I'll get you the dates. I'll tell you where I need to fly out of. I'm there. We'll just put that little tidbit in there. Um, but at any rate, uh, it's just crazy. They're all in this circle. It's My mom's called, the. I think she's called something like the Old Boys Club. Good Old Boys Club or Old Boys Club. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's these old white dudes they have been getting away with stuff for a long time, and they're going to keep getting away with it until we hold them accountable, but that's what we're here for. So now we're going to backtrack just a little bit. I'm going to talk about Cameron some more, about Sarah Jackson some more, uh, my good friend, and I am also, but right now I want to take, take a break from that and go back to something I skipped earlier, and we're going to talk about um, the issue, not the issue, uh, the criminal in uh, North Carolina, and uh, once again, uh, he, was, uh, he worked for... Firstborn Baptist Church in Benson, his name is Jonathan Young, and uh, we we read about it earlier, he's a Sunday school teacher, and he has been uh, accused by his victims of sexual mis, gross sexual misconduct. That wasn't enough, sorry. what Am I doing wrong? Hmm. So, I'm gonna read to you a couple of his victims' stories, because I want you to understand how visceral, how real, and how atrocious, these aren't even the right words, They're much worse words apply here, but I just want you to understand the gravity of what's going on here. So I'm going to read you some of his victims' stories. I won't be reading you their names, I won't be reading you anything that would give away who they are. There's a few of them that are fine with that, but I do want to be uh, tasteful in the way this is done. as I've said to, to those of you already that have given me your stories, please Bear me a little bit longer. Give me some patience. Your stories will be told. It's very important that they are. Um, I do want to cover these ones that are coming out right now, though. Keep our momentum going. And your stories are, please know, my friends that have shared your stories with me, your stories, be they humorous or be they of a more serious nature, they're going to play a huge role in everything that's going on um, when it comes to bringing these people to justice. So thank you for sharing them. I will be sharing them on the podcast. The fact that every single time it has ever come up, so this is a victim talking about what um, Jonathan Young did to them, they investigated it and the conclusion is always the girls tempted the men no matter their age. We talked about and she's talking to the sheriff how the victims uh, have been told they are damaged goods and made to feel like they were uh, far less important than the men that did these things. And the first priority, excuse me, was to make sure the men's good names didn't get tarnished. So this is a victim talking about the state of the IFP, really, and how this stuff works. The fact that when the wives would find out about the abuse, they would be angry with the girls, and I was slapped in the face by my abuser's wife. This is something I've heard often. And told, she hoped I would die, because she was pissed that I was being abused. I told her I didn't know what to do, and I wished I would die too, and it still just continued. I told him, the sheriff, that through the years, when anyone speaks out, they get a complete character assassination, absolutely, from the people still at the church and is always said that the person is just trying to tear the church down, yeah. I showed him the character attack that has happened to me on Facebook, on social media the last few days from people at that church. I gave it everything I had. He said that the church needed to be stopped and he would talk to someone. This is just happening in the last couple weeks, okay? He would talk to someone and call me tomorrow to see about using the report in the situation with Jonathan to show that these types of things are common there and they, have, and they have known it's been happening for a long time. The report I filed will remain on public record from this point forward and anyone can see a report that was filed against him for sexual battery." That's on the money and I didn't read all of her statement. Just if, if you're watching, uh, I want you to know I, I didn't read all of your statement but I did read some things that I think really speak to the audience here and to people that, that want to come forward and need to come forward. Um, everything she said is true. And it's not just true, it's par for the course. When a victim's uh, spouse finds, or oh, I'm sorry, when a perpetrator's spouse finds out, that is the most common thing that happens. I've talked to so many women. For, for this kind of situation and others that have been slapped across the face by leaders of independent fundamental Baptist institutions, you don't do that. You just don't. And I'm not saying it was okay in 1950, but I'm saying it happened a lot more, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, it happened a lot more than men slapping women across the face. But you don't do that. And I know this is Jack Hiles whole thing, you know, the 1950s nostalgia and white picket fence and fellows with the pleats in their pants and the dimples in their ties and ladies wearing the, the, the freaking poodle skirts and doing their hair a certain way and you know, all that jazz. I get it. I get what you want it to be, but it's not 1950 anymore and it's not okay to abuse people in this way. It's just not. So anyways, moving on, I'm gonna read you another victim's um, story but or, or recount, but that's just the thing guys. it's crazy that these people are still acting in this way, but they are and they think it's okay and they think they can continue and they cannot. I think I'm going to file criminal charges today. Three more victims from the time I was there, so not recent, contacted me and asked me to speak up on their behalf. For all of us that were abused back then, again, we're still talking about Jonathan Young and Firstborn Baptist Church, I feel really nervous. Here is what he did to me. This is what was done, basically just making me sit on his lap, sometimes while in his underwear, putting his hand on my side, then moving them around to my breasts, rubbing myself, rubbing himself on me in his underwear, kissing me on the cheek, but accidentally missing and hitting my mouth. I'm sorry, guys. This is very grotesque, and I'm not saying this against the victim. It's just... It's crazy. He would also hit me and cuss at me, tell me if I spoke against the man of God, God would kill me. I, I gotta stop it right there. Let me let me uh, make an edit so I know where I stopped. Isn't that, isn't that something out of, a, of a, a weird, nasty scene out of a Tarantino movie? Really? Really? And I'm not... I'm not saying anything about Quentin. I'm just saying, isn't that literally unreal? I'm the man of God, and I'm going to molest you, and I'm going to do all these things to you that are just awful, gross, sexual things that no adult male should be doing to any teenage girl. That's just, ah. But I'm the man of God, and I'm going to hit you and cuss at you. Tell me, just just think about that. How opposite is that of, how opposite as far as actions and character is that for a man of God that's just so opposite to to the God that I would like to believe exists that's that's that doesn't work I don't get I don't I don't get that that's unreal to me I'm not saying it didn't happen it absolutely happened but just this is the kind of stuff that goes on and look this a lot of this stuff happened a while ago but this stuff is still going this guy just got arrested These people don't just stop because of the day and age we live in. They continue because of the power that they have. He's just, he's just, this guy's just a Sunday school teacher. Can you imagine what the pastor was getting away with at that church? And the pastor knew, because this isn't the first time this came forward, because if you look at the original article and the news story, he says, we thought these charges were dropped. I can send you a link to it. The pastor of Firstborn Church, Firstborn Baptist Church, I believe it is, says, we thought these charges were dropped. He already knew about it. That's failure to report. He would tell me my sins are visited on the children, so I was cursed, and that's why it was okay for him to treat me that way. He'd call me names and tell me I was stupid. Nobody would ever love me, tell me I would never be able to accomplish anything because my family was trashy. He was just a mean person. I cried myself to sleep every single night for six long years. I'm terrified that if I speak up, it would be just dismissed as no big deal, but it's a huge deal to me, and has really impacted my life. A few years ago, it got so bad, I wanted to die. It would crush me if authorities didn't consider it a big deal. And by the way, the authorities do consider it a big deal. That's why he's being held on a $1 million bond. It's just just unreal, you guys, what these people are getting away with. They're continuing, yeah, this guy's locked up. But there's, look, the IFB, and I'm not saying it's just the IFB, I understand it's other religions, other cults as well. But the IFB is what I know and what I'm coming after. The IFB is worldwide. got people in the Philippines and Mexico and uh, you name it. There's an IFB church there. Russia, wherever. China. There's a big work in China from First Baptist Church. I know people that have been on the mission field for them in Ghana, Africa. I know them personally. One of them was my bus captain. I don't know what he's done. I don't know. I'm not saying he did anything, but I don't know. Next story. Next week And this is from... Uh, um, Someone uh, I know. This person I know know her sister, and and we've talked about this. When I was uh, sorry, we've got to fly in here. When I was just a young age, a man that I trusted destroyed me. He took everything from me, leaving me empty, broken, scared, alone, and dead inside. I knew it wasn't right, but was too scared to tell anyone in fear I would just be hurt by someone else, considering I had already been someone else, considering I had already been threatened. I did not know what to do or where to turn, so I shut down. For years I battled hidden depression. I wouldn't eat, wouldn't talk very much, had nightmare after nightmare. Every time someone would ask me why, I would just reply, I don't know, but I did know. One day my depression hit me like a tornado a tornado. It sent me sent my world into a spinning and I saw no way out. It's my world spinning, and I saw no way out. Everything was so dark and damp. I sat in my room as a 14-year-old girl telling myself, you'll never be a normal person because that's what was told to her. No one will believe you. That was also told to her. He will hurt you again. She knew it because he'd done it before. You will never trust anyone, ever. You have to live this for the rest of your life. You're miserable. You're worthless. You have nothing. And as I sat there, things flooded, and things flooded my mind. I decided I would take my own life. I saw no other way to escape the pain but to kill myself. Therefore, I wouldn't have to live with the dreadful memory. I wouldn't have to tell anyone. It would all just be over in a few short seconds. I went to a revival at my church for the next week with this on my mind. Just get to the weekend, and I can, and I can end this pain. So I got through the week, and the weekend, and the next week, Though the memories never once left my mind, the nightmares didn't go away uh, for one single night. The pain inside didn't end, but I would just hold on to what I had left, until one day it hit me again, and that's when I knew I had to tell someone. I had no right to feel the pain I was feeling, such strength in these words. I had done nothing wrong, so I told my parents, everyone was hurt and confused. Little did I know that one year later, the awful, cruel, low-down, good-for-nothing human being that took everything away from me would be finally put behind bars. Again, we're talking about Jonathan Young in North Carolina, Firstborn Baptist Church. Yes, I will still have to live knowing he hurt me. Still have to live with that awful memory of those days. I know that he is and will continue to get what he deserves. And many of you out there will stand up for him. And support him. By the way, I've seen the Facebook comments and they are and they have. But one day you're going to wake up and realize he isn't who you think he is. As much as I would hate it, someone you love may have to speak up and testify about it before you believe it. And that's the truth. But when that happens, your world is going to be crushed like so many others. You need to stop protecting this sorry person. He's evil, and you need to realize that. And then she makes a call out to the victims, and if I can, personally, I'd like to extend this to any victim out there that's thinking about coming forward, that's finally realizing, hey, I've been a victim of something like this. If there's anyone else out there who's been hurt and abused, don't stay silent. Speak up. This is not from me, this is from a a victim. I will stand and speak with you. I know what you're going through. Don't be scared. So these are all stories um, or re, you know, people that are recounting what happened at Firstborn Baptist Church and Gateway Christian School um, at the hands of Jonathan Young, who is now being held on a one million dollar bond. And I'm I'm almost done, but I wanted to I wanted to say a couple more things. Drink a little more here, but. I want to talk to this whole quickly talk to this whole thought process of why did you wait so long why um, why are you just coming forward now if it's really true why did you wait 20 years I've read to you from victims if you can really this is my opinion but if you can really put yourself in those victims shoes and you can really if you're not a victim yourself you can really put yourself in their shoes and and put your mind in the place that their mind must be in after trauma like that sexual trauma at that age and you can really say to them why would you wait so long I really think there's th- that you need help and I, I know that's a condescending thing to say I get it but I really think you do need help because if you if you in your mind you think that you can put yourself in their shoes and you still have something like that to say, I, I don't understand what, what's going on in your head. I just And that's the God honest truth. I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me how you can have that mindset and you can be in that place of, you know, why would you wait so long when they're telling you this happened to them as a child. By the way, you repressed, you repressed, they listen to what the person said who said I wanted to kill myself. It's that, it's, there are other options I know, but from what I understand, it's that or you repress those memories. It's one or the other. You gotta push them down. Can you imagine what, what the victim's saying? I had to live with this every day, I had nightmares every night. Do you want that or do you want to re- repress it and not have to deal with it and put it out of your mind? Now it still affects you, 100% it still affects you, but you're putting it out of your mind so it doesn't affect you as much. Or you you blind yourself to the effects of it so that you can just continue on with your life. How would you, how, how, what? How do you function like that? How do you go, how do you work a job and have children and have relationships like that? And don't take this the wrong way, please. Anyone that's gone through this, I'm not berating you with this. I'm just saying, I can't, I cannot physically, mentally, emotionally put myself there and understand how you move on with your life from that. You obviously haven't. So many of you are doing so many amazing things and you're incredible people and I love you all. But I'm talking to the people that wanna say, why would you wait so long or why, you know, why, why are you accusing this man of God of this thing? They're, n- oh, it pisses me off so much. These people that are coming forward aren't coming forward to ruin someone's ministry. That is not what this is about. This is them dealing with those demons so they can live their lives. So they can move on. So that they can have some peace. So they can have uh, uh, some, some kind of resolution to all of this. This happened to them when they were children in most cases. Teenagers in some cases. I, this this is my 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 really what I'm closing with is if you can really put yourself in their shoes. And by the way, there's more stories that I'm privy to that are coming that are going to blow your mind. And I am and I'm, this isn't I'm trying to pump the podcast. No, no, no. I'm just telling other people's stories, and I'm and I'm giving my my narration of them. Never ever ever would I seek to control the narrative of a victim's story. And by the way. When you see people on Facebook or any other social media network or they talk to you in person and you get that feeling of they're controlling the narrative, they're controlling the story, how it gets out, who finds out, what media source it goes to, that's a red flag. It just is. So be aware of that. If someone needs to control someone else's narrative, control someone else's story about how they were wronged, that's a problem. That's a huge problem doesn't mean that that person wasn't a victim themselves. It doesn't mean, um, it doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad person. It's just a red flag, something that there's some kind of an issue with them as well. Anyways, I'm getting off track. I just wanted to take a couple minutes. I've talked to, you know, the victims on many occasions, and today I want to make a message clear to the victims that we're here for you, that we want to help you, that we would give anything for you to come forward. And talk about this even if it's in private let's start the conversation let's get you on the right track let's get not that you're not on the right track but let's get let's get you whatever help we can get you we want to get that for you that's for the victims we we we, we want to help you so much and, and it's like I said it's not just me there's a network of people that I will introduce you to that would give anything to be there for you and help you but I do want to take a moment and another drink to speak to those that are supporting people like Bob Gray Sr., like Greg Neal, like Jonathan Young, like Cameron Giovanelli, like Jack Trieber, there are still people that support Jack Cop, those of you that support Alan Domely's statements and Bob Gray Sr.'s statements. Look, it doesn't matter to you how mad I get at you, it doesn't matter to you how how um, how angry I can get or what curse words I can use. And you'll say it matters and you'll say, well, he's just a bitter, I am bitter. <laughs> he's just a bitter man that left the church and he's just trying to destroy the church. And you'll read that's what the victims are saying as well. That's what I was told is I'm going to destroy God's work. I'm very close to a victim and I won't give details, but I'm very close to a victim who when she confronted her abuser, in fact, she told her abuser's wife, This is what's happening. And the abuser's wife, um, the abuser's wife came to her and said, uh, The abuser's wife went to the abuser and said, um, You know, to- told told her husband, Hey, this is what's what this, this woman is telling me, this, this girl is telling me, and um, she brought it to uh, this woman's, this girl's abuser. This girl's abuser found her and grabbed her by the ear and dragged her into the room where his wife was and yelled at the girl that he was abusing and said, you are ruining my ministry. And I quote, this is from the most reliable source I could ever get it from. Some of you know who I'm talking about. Just what? What ministry? What in the world are you talking about? You don't have a ministry. You're a pedophile. It makes me sick. It's it's again, it's it's unreal that some of you can still sit back and say, "Well, let due process." Prov- I I don't have a problem with due process, but due process is happening right now, whether you like it or not. When it comes to Cameron Giovanelli, when it comes to these other men that are already locked up, Cameron is not long for being outside of jail. When it comes to all of them, due process is happening. You can be on the right side or the wrong side of history, and a lot of you—I'm—I'm I'm not happy about it. And you don't care, obviously. But a lot—a lot of you have decided I'm going to be—I'm going to be with the man of God, and I'm going to support the church. And I—I have had—I uh, uh, have been told, and I know it's true. Victims' parents have gone to uh, to leaders in the church, and they've left meetings feeling like, man, that guy wanted me to choose between my child who was victimized by the church and his church. How can I make that choice? Obviously it's my child. Are you kidding me? It's just unreal to me that some of you can still stand there, sit there on your computers and type on your keyboard and say anything against a victim. From Bill Cosby to Harvey Weinstein and on down the line, Jack Scott, Jack Hiles, Cameron Giovanelli, all of them. There's more to come. You can sit there and you can say, how dare you attack the man of God. That's, that's beyond ludicrous. I don't care what man of what God he is. If he's touched a child inappropriately and you believe the Bible, then you need to check out what Jesus had to say about millstones being hanged around people's necks and then being drowned in the sea. That's what it comes down to. Really. You guys love—I know I'm talking to the haters right now, whatever the trolls—but you guys love to make your statements and base it on biblical dogma and base in Bob Gray, senior for sure, uh, and Don, Alan Domley, man, classic, classic, misquoting and taking scripture out of context. Just Alan Domley is terrific at taking scripture out of context, and his blog shows an old Paths' blog. I believe it is but if that's your thing if you're really about Jesus and you're really about God and this is all you know this is all super important to you that you know the Lord be glorified and that the church be um, the church be resilient if that's really the case then you need to read what Jesus said about pedophiles it's really simple it's really plain and clear and in America we don't have the death penalty for pedophiles but in the New Testament That's what Jesus gives. So think on that. And look, I I, I get it, I get it. You know, he hasn't been, it's only accusations and it hasn't been proven, but over and over and over and over again, these things have been swept under the rug and we're tired of it. It's not happening anymore. Victims are coming forward. We're, We're giving them a voice in every way, shape and form that we can. They're going to the authorities. They're not going to some broke down law firm. They're not going to their pastor. They're not going to the man of God to solve this. They are going to the police, and while our justice system has its flaws, it can do a lot better job than just writing a letter to say, my bad, I didn't mean to molest you. It can do a lot better job than just shuffling a man who is absolutely guilty of child molestation to a different church with a Christian school so he can molest more children justicism can do a better job and it is doing a better job and it's being put to work right now on these men so I know I got dramatic at the end thank you so much if you watched this long thank you for checking out um, not your mother's podcast thank you for watching the uh, my breakdown my analysis of Cameron Giovanelli's video I hope that I get some feedback from that I hope that you have something to say whether you agree or disagree I, I, I want to hear what you have to say and again even if you're still in the cult and, and you don't want to call it a cult. I get it. If you're still inside the independent fundamental Baptist movement and you completely disagree, feel free to speak up. I can't promise you what the followers of the podcast are going to say to you, but I can promise you you'll get a response for sure. So I do want to close with uh, one last thing, just one more time. And I and I, I feel bad because this whole podcast I've, I've called people victims and I know you guys are more than that. I know you're defined as Mother's, father's, siblings, cousins, amazing people, awesome, incredible people. I love you. I've talked to a lot of you. Some of you are in my family. I, I, I get it. So I, I I want to apologize just briefly to say like you're so much more than a victim, and you're not even. I wouldn't even want to term you a victim. Uh, moving forward, I want to say you know you're a victor, and you're you're working hard to um, you know to, to bring to light, bring to justice these atrocities. So please don't feel that I'm demeaning you by calling you that uh, but I'm so proud of all of you that have come forward for whatever that's worth I'm so happy that you're sharing your story uh, it's as difficult and painful as it is you are I have to curse on this one you are just you're badasses. and if you haven't come forward yet and you're thinking about it we're not saying oh come forward you have to you got to do it no we're just saying start the conversation Start the conversation. It doesn't have to be with me. It doesn't have to be with my mother. It doesn't have to be with uh, any of these support groups. It can be with someone you love and trust. Maybe not in the church, okay? But someone you love and trust, or if it is me, that's fine. Talk to me. We want to talk to you. We want to hear what's going on. We want to help you. I get how this can be seen as, well, Stuart's just trying to publish podcasts, and he's taking all these stories and getting famous, and I'm not getting famous, by the way. I'm also not getting paid for any of this, which I'm fine with, because this is a cause. This isn't about a paycheck. So, I understand the naysayers, I get it. But really, if you want to share your story, I want to hear it. and The world wants to hear it. And those of us that are survivors that have gotten out, that have have, uh, cleared our heads, that have made our own way, we want to hear it. We want to help you in any way we can. So again, thank you. Uh, Like I said in the very beginning, I am so, so, so grateful for every single one of you that's taken the time out of your day to track down a story and send it my way so that I can share it with the world so people can hear what's going on, what has been going on, what's continuing to go on, and most importantly, what we're doing about it and how we're making a change, how we're making a difference, how we're making the world a better place by bringing the bad guys to justice. Thank you all so much for your support for Not Your Mother's Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, feel free to give me any feedback, leave a comment on the post, shoot me a message, uh, let me know what you thought because I want to hear it. Thanks so much.